Hi, everyone, and welcome to Remaking Tomorrow, a series of conversations about the future of teaching and learning. I'm Ryan Rodzeski, here with Greg Baer, and we're the co-authors of When You Wonder, You're Learning, Mr. Rogers' Enduring Lessons for Raising Creative, Curious, Caring Kids. This is a podcast powered by Remake Learning, a network that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. On today's episode, we're talking with David Schuler, Executive Director of the School Superintendents Association, better known as AASA. A former superintendent himself, David led Township High School District 214 for 17 years. For his work in that district near Chicago, he was named National Superintendent of the Year in 2018. David Schuler, welcome to Remaking Tomorrow. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you today. We underestimate the importance of the longevity of leadership. It, it, how lucky for those kids, your teachers, and your community. And for so many reasons, you became known nationally for your focus on college and career readiness. So can you tell us how that became important to you? What were you seeing as a superintendent that made you realize that should be my focus? Well, I think when you talk to a lot of employers today and for the last two decades, They've said the graduates that our high schools are producing are not necessarily prepared with the skills to enter the workforce right away. And that made perfect sense because for the past, what, 30, 40 years or so, our educational system has been focused on making sure our students do well on a standardized test. And so when we went out to our community and had a conversation with them and we talked with our school board, we talked with our students, they said, yes, taking a test is important because it does give a snapshot but we want our students to be prepared for what life is going to be all about upon graduation. And so what we said is, you know, our graduation rate and our standardized test scores are not going to define us. Rather, how successful our students are once they graduate and walk across that stage is what's going to define us. And if that's what we believe, we needed to completely reimagine our system. And in doing so, we wanted to think about how we could create a way for students to feel engaged throughout their day and to see relevance for life beyond high school. My last system was a high school only system. My previous superintendencies were in K-12 settings. So I encourage everybody, like fourth grade is a really important year to do career exploration. Middle school is a really important time to ensure that our students are thinking about what they want to do. I'm not saying, Greg and Ryan, that they're going to decide what they want to do for the rest of their lives when they're 13, 14, 15, even 17. But if we get them dreaming beyond graduation, we win. And so in our district, wanted all of our students to identify a career area of interest by the end of their freshman year. And then we guaranteed them a external work-based learning experience in that area of interest by the time they graduated. In addition, every student in our system had access to a minimum of six early college credits. So we were providing both the real world experiences for students in addition to giving them a leg up on post-secondary work. We're not saying every student needs a four-year degree, but if you're gonna make a family supporting wage over the course of a student's lifetime in a world that's gonna reinvent itself several times, they have to be able to successfully access some post-secondary education. It's interesting, David, that you mentioned the idea of reinvention, because in many ways, the idea of readiness is a moving target. So in a world that changes, that reinvents itself faster than we can keep up, where does a superintendent, where does a school district 
turn? How do you figure out what ready means when the world changes so quickly? We have to stay very nimble. We have to ensure that the networks of learning that we're all a part of is very active and tight. The world has transformed so much, even in the last eight, 10, 12 months or so, with how fast AI is impacting our work. Two years ago, we were really focused on the words that students were writing in a book report or an essay, right? Now, a lot of that can be generated. So instead of the creation, we need to be focusing on the curation, right? And so that work is super important for us to do one of two things with, right? We can either try and shut it down. And the reality is you can try all you want. You are not stopping AI. So let's just get that out there, right? And so we have to find a way to embrace it with the appropriate guardrails in place to ensure that we're providing our students the opportunities to learn, grow, and be successful for life beyond high school. To do that, we have to give ourselves, our administrators, and our teachers the opportunity to explore, the opportunity to investigate, the opportunity to be inquisitive, and we have to give them some grace. Because whenever you tackle a new transformative initiative, everything's not going to be perfect the first time. And it shouldn't be. Like, I'm older than you guys and probably most of the people that are listening to this podcast. But I remember the first cell phone where you wore it over the shoulder, right? And it was that big bag and it was that and you had to pull up the antenna. We couldn't have gotten to the handheld devices that you and I all have in our pockets right now if we wouldn't have started there. So everybody has to start. And over time, we're going to continue to refine and we're going to continue to improve. But that only happens if we allow ourselves to be creative, curious, and have the opportunity to fail forward. A lot of great leaders, David, do great work in their districts. And they maybe share it with others, but you mentioned previously you stepped out and you took this work nationally. In fact, you worked with AASA to design an initiative called Redefining Ready helping superintendents and districts do a version of what you did in District 214. Can you tell us about that Redefining Ready initiative? One of the things that we heard from state legislators and elected leaders and state boards of education was that at least a standardized test score has research behind it to validate its worth. As a superintendent at the time, I went to our AASA executive director, Dan Dominich, who's an incredible leader, and I said, I'd like to do a a research study on what the research actually says it means to be college, career, and life ready. And we engage a lot of different partners in that work. And as a result, we've created Redefining Ready, which is a research-based set of metrics on what it means to be college, career, and life ready. And so it allows individuals multiple ways to demonstrate readiness, which I think is absolutely critical. Like Greg and Ryan, I could write a book on how to change the oil in my car, you do not want me trying to change the oil in my car. I just, that is not a skill set I have. I just don't have it. But we need people in this world that can do that. You know, if we want to stay the greatest global economy the world has ever seen, we cannot create generation of graduates that have one skill set, the ability to take a test well. And so we created this research-based initiative and then went out around the country to scale the work because I'm all about impact and scale. We learned tons in my former district by working with other colleagues, as other colleagues learned tons from working with us. And now, 
Over 20 states have incorporated portions of Redefining Ready into their state accountability plans. So we're really making some great progress in allowing and ensuring that we are providing graduates who can enter the workforce ready to tackle the needs of today, and more importantly, the unknown needs of tomorrow. Was there anything surprising or maybe unexpected in what you learned about Redefining Ready? I think one of the most surprising things to me was when we got in front of policymakers, how much they embraced the work. And when we would talk to employers, they would say, yes, this is exactly what we need. And then when we talked to employers who had students in post-secondary work-based learning experiences, how successful they were being. And then, you know, I think the other thing is we would have our economic development committee in an area or a region would say, this company is thinking of relocating into your district or into this area. And we would say, we can totally help with that. We can build out a career pathway based on what their needs are to provide that workforce. And the ability for school districts to partner with economic opportunity councils to enhance the economy, the local economy in a community or region was really, really powerful and created tons of support, but also respect mutual respect for the work that we were all doing. David, you stepped into the executive director role at AASA at the beginning of 2023, which is uh, an interesting time to come into that role. It's, it's no secret that it hasn't been an easy couple of years for superintendents or for the field of education more broadly. And I'm, I'm curious, what are you hearing from superintendents today in terms of what they need to be successful? And what are some of the ways that AASA helps provide that support that helps them move their district forward? So I think what superintendents are telling me that they need is continued support and opportunities to connect with others and opportunities to ensure that education is moving forward in their community and across their states and their regions. Mental health and wellness is a huge concern for both adults and students in our school districts and our communities. Attendance, we've not reached pre-pandemic levels. And you know what, there's only so much a school can do if a student doesn't show up. And so really focusing on trying to ensure that we explain to parents the rationale and context for why attendance is really important. And obviously, you know, safety and security is always paramount in every superintendent's mind. We also work very diligently on building out a superintendent pipeline to ensure that when an opening does occur, that there are great candidates to fill that position. You know, 10 years ago, we would see superintendents retire in a district and then move to another state or another district and work for another five or 10 years. We're not seeing that anymore. COVID was really challenging for all of us who were sitting in the seat at the time. And so when people are retiring or stepping aside, they're stepping aside. What that means is we need more candidates to fill those seats. And then finally, and equally as important, creating opportunities for our school system leaders to truly embrace the transformational work that they want to embrace and they need to embrace and they all know they need to embrace to move forward public education and prepare our students for, again, a world we cannot imagine. This is Greg Baer along with Ryan Rudzeski. We're talking with David Schuler, Executive Director of AASA, the School Superintendents Association. David, we've been talking about preparing students and superintendents for the future, and that's the focus of AASA's Learning 2025 network. First of all, okay, what is that network and what's the significance of the year 2025? So as we started this work in about 2020, 2021, we wanted to create a national commission to look at what schools should look like 
not 10, 20, 30 years from now, but in five years. Like we're already almost a quarter of the way through the 21st century. Why are we still talking about it? <laughs> and so learning 2025 is all about a student-centered, future-driven approach. And I would respectfully suggest we've been thinking about the future and being future-focused for a long time. And future focus is a lot of thinking, but not acting. And so it was really important to the commission, commissioners, and ASA to be driven in our work. And so we've created a set of strategies to allow individual districts and schools to move forward in a way to align themselves with what the future should look like. So in ensuring that our students have voice in their educational system, that we're focused on all learners. I mean, one thing we learned through the pandemic was we needed to help provide information and education to our parents on how to support their students in education. And so it really does need all of us working together to transform a system. And what the Learning 2025 initiative does is it allows schools, school districts, and regions of the country to work together to collaborate on moving forward education. One of the things for which Learning 2025 is known are lighthouse designations, highlighting school districts that stand out in some way. The district you led was a lighthouse, and we have several lighthouse school districts right here in western Pennsylvania where we record this podcast. So what does the lighthouse designation mean exactly, and how does it advance the goals of Learning 2025? The lighthouse designation is really designed for a couple reasons. One, to lift up and showcase districts that are do amazing work. They may not have everything perfected across the entire system, but in specific areas that they are a lighthouse district, the North Star that other districts around the country can look to for resources and modeling and reaching out and connecting and visiting those districts and learn the hard work that went into that transformational work. And so one is to celebrate their work Two is to lift up and showcase them for others to look at and to model. We always say, we're not asking you to adopt anything, but at least you have a context with which you can adapt to fit your local school community because every school community is different. I was fortunate enough to be a superintendent in three different amazing school districts. Their context was very, very different. And I, as a leader, had two choices. I could force them to adapt to my style, which never works out, by the way, <laughs> or as an adaptive leader, it's my responsibility to adapt my style to the context of the community in which I'm serving. And I think when you look at the Lighthouse Designation District, that's what you see. You see adaptive leadership, collaborative planning, working together, and a commitment to a common purpose. And when you have those three things and a commitment to getting the work done, you're going to see tremendous, tremendous growth in, an, in a school district. So you've had more than 120 school systems across the United States join Learning 2025 so far. These are districts doing amazing things with and for kids, each in their own way. I'm not asking you to pick a favorite, but I am wondering if you could tell us about just one of those efforts you've encountered that's particularly promising or surprising in some way. Let's see, there's so many. There is amazing work going on from a student engagement, social emotional work in Naperville 203 in the Chicago suburbs where there's just incredible work on and a, a large district ensuring the SEL needs are being met of every student in that district K-12. 
I think you look at Mansfield, Texas, a suburb of Dallas, doing incredible work in career pathways in early childhood. I mean, if anybody gets a chance to go visit their early childhood center, I've not seen another place like it in the country. Ephrata, Pennsylvania has done phenomenal things in the student voice and in ensuring the profile of a graduate is really lived every day. Brian Troop is a phenomenal superintendent in Ephrata, as is Kim Cantu in Mansfield, Texas, and Dan Bridges in Naperville. I could go on and on, but those are, those are three that pop into my head right away. Well, we're glad you struggled with that because it speaks to the amazing things happening in public education across this country. It's a story that we don't read about. It's a story that's not often told. And we love that you're helping to advance this work. So let's do a little bit of time travel, but we're not going to go so far into the future. We're, we're only going to the year 2025. And it's 2025, and AASA has been wildly successful in advancing student-centered, equity-focused, future-driven school systems. What does that look like? It would be my hope that we will have enough hubs, regions, and districts of distinction and participating districts in Learning 2025 that it will allow us to more easily and seamlessly scale the work across regions and across states that traction and that momentum is gonna to continue to build. You know, think of the Collins flywheel. That flywheel is starting to move now. And if by 2025, we can have 500 districts involved in learning 2025 across the country, how can we not have the potential to make huge impact and scale actually occur in the country? And because we have these lighthouse districts, we've got the research to support the fact that it's working to be able to provide to our policymakers, to encourage them while if they still need a test, that's great, but that shouldn't be the defining way to rank and spank school districts in a state. It should be a snapshot and what should really matter is how successful students are being as they progress throughout the system and then after they graduate. David, we are trying something a little bit new on this podcast. This is the Remaking Tomorrow lightning round. So I'm going to give you five rapid-fire questions. Whatever pops to mind, we'll take that as your answer. You ready? We'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number one, best moment of your tenure as a superintendent? Uh, ooh, that's a tough I would uh, Getting a Lighthouse District Award from ASA because it's reflective of all the work that has happened in our district over the last uh, 17 years. Biggest surprise of your new-ish role as head of AASA? I so don't think I, I'm in the league that people assume I'm in right now. I'm getting calls from all different kinds of people that I never thought I would receive before. You know, from secretaries of, uh, of departments and undersecretaries, assistant secretaries to leaders of, of all kinds of different organizations and groups. It's been phenomenal and keeps me really humble from a kid who grew up in small town, uh, central Wisconsin. One thing you wish you'd known as a superintendent? That everything is not an emergency. It took mm -hmm. me several years to learn that. There are very few things where decisions have to be made in the moment. Most things you can take a step back and consider all the possible consequences first. One thing you'd say to a superintendent who's struggling today? We need you. We need you in the role. Your community needs you in the role. It is a tough, tough time to be a superintendent, but there's no other place, no other position in a community that can transform its school community more than a school superintendent. So stick with it. Join an ASA cohort or network, but we need you. How can people find out more about the work you're doing and maybe even get involved? 
AASA.org is a great place to go to look at all of our programs. We have a brand new website. Every one of our programs on the website includes a contact person. So feel free to reach out either to me or to any member of our AASA team. We'd love to have anybody interested uh, engage and participate. Dr. Schuler, before we go, we have one more question for you. Not a lightning round. This, this would be the slow round question. <laughs> What's one thing that parents and educators can do today to make tomorrow a more promising place for every learner? I would say, number one, encourage curiosity in your child. Two, make sure that there is a partnership between the school and your family about making sure that that student knows that they belong in that school, that they feel engaged. They know there's a trusted adult in the building who cares about them. And making sure, number three, that you get your kid up and get them to school on time. And I know it can be really hard for some families. Other families, it's not a big deal. For some families, I know it's a burden to make sure that your child gets to school on time. We need your kid in school. Because if a student remains curious, if an adult remains curious, they're going to be engaged, they're gonna want to show up, and they're gonna do better as a result. Thanks again to David Schuler, Executive Director of AASA, the School Superintendents Association. Remaking Tomorrow is powered by Remake Learning. Learn more at remakelearning.org.